Hello. Finally, it's Friday fucking night. So put the kids to bed. Don't let them listen to the show. It's as simple as that. Films. Films are like life. Dysfunctional. Full of warts. Full of, well, a lot of surprises. Yeah. This week has been interesting. I've been able to record. I've been able to keep my head above water. But that being said, this is my passion. I've always said that. And what I do from 9 to 5 is, well, work. Not my passion. And if some people have a problem with that, tough. Because I don't. If I need benefits and I need money, I will do it. As I work throughout this show, this is my true job. My true passion in life is talking about films, talking about books, and music with all of you. Will this be my job? I need to work on it. And in working on it, becoming my own boss. Because, like I said, I run this show myself. I control what I want. I control who is on the show. There have been a few times where I've pulled people off of the show because it didn't go with either the theme or the format of the show. And so I'm fully aware of that. I'm fully aware of where I need to go and why this is my true passion in life aside from music and inside from films which I was going to eventually go into but this is more my niche with Mother's Day weekend coming about I thought well of course everyone's going to talk about mommy dearest some people hate their mothers I don't some people have issues with their mothers I don't thankfully and then I thought that it's not always about by the way this is the Dr. Zeus film podcast sometimes there is humor in all of that and the one film that I thought of that is semi-autobiographical although I wouldn't say semi it really is biographical and the names have been changed from Carrie to Suzanne and of course that's postcards from the edge yeah Postcards from the Edge, you know, it's funny because Meryl Streep is basically playing Carrie Fisher. Shirley MacLaine is playing her good friend, Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Shirley's still around. Debbie and, and Carrie left in 2016. This is such a beautiful film because it's funny. Sometimes the drama is funny. Carrie Fisher once said of her life, if my life was not funny, it would just be true. Yes, and I completely agree with that, Carrie. We'll have Carrie on the show this weekend. Films about mothers. There are so many. Yes, Joan Crawford herself starred in a film about a mother, a very hardworking mother, who does everything for her very bratty daughter. This film, in fact, won her her only Oscar. In fact, she collected it in bed. 
And I'm talking about Mildred Pierce. Mildred Pierce really is a good film. Whether you like Joan Crawford or not, and yes, there are people who have teams. There's Team Betty Davis, and there's Team Joan Crawford. And I once asked my grandmother about this, whom I'm thinking about a lot. And I once said to her, what did you you think of that? And she says, I don't care. I love them both. She says, I enjoyed both of their films. I was no team. I mean, yeah, there's some gossip involved. My, my grandmother loved gossip. Oh, my God. Yes, she did. My grandmother was an interesting character. I remember years ago, years ago, we were in high school, I think. My grandmother decides to take all the grandkids to the cemetery. Why? Because she could tell us stories about who was sleeping with who. That's how small the town was back then. Who had a baby out of wedlock? Who uh, lied on their taxes? Who did this? Who stole this? Yeah, it was it was funny. But when it when it came to the movie star, she was dead serious. Oh my goodness, Mae West was her favorite. And I remember watching Mommy Dearest around that time, and she said, "You know what?" I don't care what she did to that kid. She was a damn good actress. She said the same thing about Betty Davis. Even Betty Davis's daughter had issues with her and tried to write a mommy dearest tell all while Betty Davis was still alive after she had had a stroke and double mastectomy in the 1980s. And a lot of people said that they that her daughter BD really should have waited till Betty was gone to write that book where Joan Crawford's daughter wrote it. I, it had already been floating about that she was going to write it before Joan Crawford died. But poor Joan Crawford was just, you know, going through the... Uh, she was she was going to leave her, her body. She was... And I don't think a tell-all book is really what she's thinking about at that moment. She's probably thinking about, am I loved? Am I important? You know who refused to read the Mommy Dearest book and to even watch the film? And that was Betty Davis. Betty Davis, in fact, did not like Faye Dunaway. She found her to be very unprofessional. Also, I think it didn't hurt that Faye Dunaway played Joan Crawford in Mommy Dearest. Well, a fictional account of Joan Crawford, according to Betty Davis. Betty Davis and Joan Crawford did not get along, but out of respect... For Joan Crawford, Betty Davis did not read Christina Crawford's book. She didn't read it. She didn't even watch the movie. That says something right there is that while they didn't get along, while there was friction between Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, she didn't... She didn't give in to the BS that was written about Joan Crawford. She didn't. She said, look, she was a professional. She showed up to work. She was, she was a pro. And I'll give her that. And she would say that. So that says a lot about one mother to another. Is that, hey, I'm not going to read a tell-all book written by your daughter who is obviously angry. Now... Yes, there are, there, 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 there are two sides to this. Christina Crawford has said that she was abused physically by Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford threw her around. 
Maybe Joan Crawford was bipolar, had mental issues. We don't know. We weren't there. Only Christina Crawford and Joan Crawford know. Now, the other kids try to weigh in on it, and they weren't there. They weren't there. Oh, well, Joan Crawford treated me good. Okay. But Betty Davis, that says something about Betty Davis, is that she refused to give in to it. Maybe also because she herself had a volatile relationship with her daughter. She did everything for her daughter, BD. She paid for her wedding. In a way, BD Hyman, Betty Davis's daughter, was almost like Vita in Mildred Pierce. If you've ever seen Mildred Pierce, that film, well, say what you will about Joan Crawford. Mildred Pierce is a film noir at its best. In 1945, Joan Crawford was in her 40s. That that spelled the end for actresses. She had left MGM and went to Warner Brothers, home of Betty Davis and Humphrey Bogart, and had to prove herself to the director, Michael Curtis, who had directed Casablanca. He said, you know, I don't want those shoulders that Joan Crawford. And then realized after the screen test what a pro Joan Crawford was. And how she wasn't playing the bad mother. She was playing a very beloved mother. But was not beloved by her own daughter. Kind of art imitating life in a way. Mildred Pierce... And the character itself, she builds herself. She's a Martha Stewart of sorts. She builds herself up. She opens a restaurant called Mildred. She makes pies. She is a career woman just to support her two daughters. But Vida, the young, the older daughter, played by Anne Blythe, who is still with us. In fact, Joan Crawford and Anne Blythe were both nominated for Oscars. Anne Blythe enjo- loved working with Joan Crawford. And, and vice versa. She plays the character Vita, a very um, silver, well, not silver. She's a social climber. She is not happy with anything, okay? She's not happy with anything. And what happens in this instance is that she starts to look down upon her mother and says, You've never told me about your people. And here you are, this common frump, baking pies. And so she looks down. Her mother has done everything for her. I bet this sounded familiar to Betty Davis. She's done everything for her, paid for everything. Private schools, you name it. And what does the daughter do? She shits on all of it. And the film is... I mean, there's murder, there's intrigue, there's social climbing, there is betrayal, there are secrets. It has one wild opening of a film and one wild ending. And I'm going to talk more in depth about Mildred Pierce. But I thought, yeah, let's, let's dive into Mother's Day weekend talking about moms in film. One of my favorites was Alfre Wooder in the film Crooklyn. Directed by Spike Lee. Alfre Wooder really does not get the credit that she deserves as an actress. 
has only been nominated once. She should have been nominated for Crooklyn. She plays such an interesting mother. She's a teacher. She's got all these kids in the 70s. It is semi-autobiographical based on Spike Lee's life. Because his mother died when he was young. Such a such an interesting character. There's a lot of really great mothers in films. How to Make an American Quilt. You have the grandmothers. You have the mother. Winona Ryder is the daughter. And she goes to Grass Valley. And her grandmother, her aunt are all making a quilt for her, her wedding quilt. And then her mother, played by uh, Kate Capshaw Spielberg, yes, who's a hippie, says to her, oh, why are you, why are you getting married? She, and then she's arguing with her and saying, well, mother, you told me that monogamy is bullshit. And she says, no, I didn't. And then she admits that she's seen the father again, whom she divorced. And then that drives her crazy. And then all these different stories that fall into play about love and about what it means to be a woman. And these, these are really great films. There's another film. I've only seen part of it. It's a TV movie. It's called Strangers, where Betty Davis is the mother and Jenna Rollins is the daughter. And Jenna Rollins' character is dying, and she comes home to be with her mother, played by Betty Davis. It was a beautiful, beautiful film. And, and Jenna Rollins, who's still with us. Jenna Rollins is such a great actress. If you've ever seen A Woman Under the Influence, Jenna Rollins should have won the Oscar for that. She just should have. Uh, yeah, everyone's going to say, well, Ellen Burstyn, I love Ellen Burstyn. She should have won for The Exorcist. Come on, there we go. Not for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. That should have gone to Jenna Rollins. Even, even Ellen Burstyn said that for A Woman Under the Influence. Directed by John Cassavetes. John Cassavetes is directing his wife, Jenna Rollins. In this, oh, this performance. There's a really, in the opening of the film, it shows Jenna Rowland. She's obviously, her character has some issues. And she's, she's trying to keep track of what time it is to go pick up her kids from school. And so she's asking all these people the time. And she says, do you have a watch on? And people aren't responding to her. And she says, hey, I'm talking to you, debutantes. And then finally she gets there. She meets the school bus with her kids. They go back to the house and she says, I hope you kids realize how much it was making you. (laughs) And then there's a really great performance where this guy was like the tea. He wants the tea. And she's like, screw the tea. What's the matter with you? And she says, hey, kids, the dying swan. And and the uh, Swan Lake starts to play, and they all pretend to die. They fall on the floor. She's like, "Look, they just died for you." <laughs> it's such a performance. Jenna Rollins is such a great actress. I am. I don't think there is anyone better. That's why you know Cassavetes wouldn't work with just anybody. Here he is directing his wife in this performance. That is so powerful. He directed her so many times. Stage fright, or was it not stage fright? But 
Yeah. Directed her in the film Gloria, where she plays not a mother, but she plays someone who, in a way, is a surrogate mother to this little boy. In the film Gloria, released in 1980, directed by John Cassavetes. In fact, Jenna Rollins received her second Academy Award nomination for Best Actress. The first one was for A Woman Under the Influence. So, with Cassavetes and Rollins, that truly is a dynamic duo. And so, whenever I talk about independent film and independent cinema, you you really have to include Jenna Rollins and Cassavetes in the mix. Because they are the godfather and godmother of independent cinema. You cannot take that away from them. And one day I'm going to do a film. Or film. Uh, yeah, let's do it. A podcast on Cassavetes and Rollins. Because they accomplish so much. We are standing on their shoulders. Those of us who love independent cinema. They financed those films. They shot those films in their home. The children were a part of it. There is a, a, an award for in, at the American, or not the American, the Independent Film Awards, the Independent Spirit Awards, named in honor of John Cassavetes. The John Cassavetes Award. John Cassavetes' children have directed. They directed their mother. And so, uh, yeah, she played some really damn good mothers. She really did. And so, here we are, Mother's Day weekend. However you feel about your mother, watch a film about a mother. Watch A Woman Under the Influence. See where Jenna Rollins really just, woo, she glides she glides it's on there's no net to catch catch her there's no net and what her husband john cassavetes allows her to do as an actress with no net he allow, he allows her to fly to glide and it is truly truly beautiful as always unpleasant dreams <laughs> <laughs>